Hey y'all, and welcome back to the For the One podcast. I'm your host, KK Hooper, and before we get started today, I just wanted to make a fun little announcement. I'm so excited for everyone who's been following along on the journey of For the One podcast, and I'm excited to announce that here at the end of the month of May, we'll be winding down with season one. Yay! It'll be so fun to just have a little summer refresh and prep for season two, but do not worry, we will still be posting mini series, mini content on our Instagram at for the one podcast underscore. So follow along throughout the summer to get hyped for season two. I'm so excited um, as we wind down season one at the end of this month. So y'all, I hope you will follow along. It'll be really exciting, really great. Have some great guests lined up. It'll be really, really fun. So stick with it. <laughs> um, so getting along with this episode, does anyone else feel like this time of year like is so strange? Especially for college students, like personally. Also, like the school year is almost over, but you have like stressful projects due and you can't wait to be on summer vacation, but you don't really want to leave your friends and you have nothing to do, but you have everything to do at the same time. (laughs) Me too, friend. And it's so weird that each of these feelings are in contrast with each other. And in this episode, I'd really like to share with you all some insights I've learned recently about just the complexity of humanity and how it relates to God. Grab that well-deserved snack, your headphones, and let's get started exploring the goodness of the Lord our God. Have y'all ever heard like the prayer, break my heart for what breaks yours? Um... I made the mistake of praying that one time. (laughs) It wasn't a mistake. I meant the words. Um, But truly, I believe in the power of prayer, and I believe that God will answer things that we forget we even prayed. Um, That prayer is never a mistake to pray. It's actually really cool because you get to learn more about the heart of God. But it's really difficult when it's answered. Um. This year, I've kind of been on a journey to learn more about myself and how I process emotions, like compartmentalize different things and how to do so in like a more healthy way. And I've just kind of been learning how emotions aren't really weak, but they aren't always necessarily the truth. And so I prayed this prayer, break my heart for what breaks yours. I don't even remember when I did. Um... But God was literally breaking my heart for everything. (laughs) Like, y'all, I never cry. And that's not really something to be proud of. That's actually something I work on. But I never cry. And y'all, like, a couple weeks ago, I cried maybe, like, five or six times a week. Um, (laughs) Because it seemed like everyone and everything around me was hurting. And bad things just kept happening. And I kept weeping for them. And just really sympathizing or empathizing, whichever one means like you feel for the person. Um, And yeah, and one thing I realized is that it wasn't the fact that more bad things were happening around me and more people were getting hurt and just more like brokenness, but I think it was more so just the realization and being aware of all that brokenness around me and having a heart for the hurting and for the broken 
and, you know, painful, like sickness, job loss, all the things. And I was talking to my friend during this time. It was kind of interesting. I was just having morning time. We were having coffee at a coffee shop. It was really sweet. And we hadn't seen each other in a while. So we were just giving an update on each other's lives. And I was telling her like all these things that were happening. And I was literally crying to her in a public place. (laughs) So humiliating. Um, But also so necessary to communicate this with my friend. But then after I was done crying, she literally, she prayed for me and all the things that my heart was breaking for. And they weren't even about me. It was like four other people um, that were just causing all this sadness. And she prayed for me and it was great. And right after that, like after I kind of just gathered myself, got it back together, I was just like still so excited to talk to her about the good things that were upcoming because the Lord has blessings that I look forward to in this next season. And it was so weird, kind of like the contrasting I was saying at the beginning in this intro of like, you know, it is, but it isn't all at the same time. It was so weird, yet it felt so natural for me to go from this weeping to rejoicing, weeping to rejoicing, like my heart breaking for these people, but still looking forward to things for them and for myself and for the next season, all within the same conversation. And oftentimes with even, even within the same thought. And it kind of just reminded me of another connected realization that I had. Um, y'all have heard me mention before the TV show, The Chosen. And it's I highly recommend y'all watch it because it's just such a beautiful depiction um, and reality of what Jesus's life likely looked like on earth. Well, this story, it goes, it's based off of the Gospels in the New Testament But it also has some plot points that aren't really confirmed in the Bible, but are very likely to be true. Like it's plausible that they were. And one of the plot points, um, I don't want to spoil it. But basically, Jesus had sent out people. I mean, how can I spoil it? It's literally in the Bible. But this particular plot point um, wasn't written there. Basically, Jesus had sent the 12 two by two to surrounding cities on their first evangelizing mission. And in the show, Peter is married to his sweet wife, Eden. And while he's gone, something happens and that causes her a lot of pain. And she doesn't really want to talk to him about it. Um, And he never really asks her about it when he comes back. He doesn't know, but he still never asks her, like, how are you doing? Eventually, he finds out what happens and it just causes a lot of anger and just hurting and pain, not only within the relationship as husband and wife, but just in his relationship with Jesus. You know, Jesus, you're God, but like, how could you let this pain happen to my family? And what's really sad is throughout the whole time that Peter's just internalizing this, Jesus is going out throughout all the cities and just performing all these miracles. Like in the show during this time, he healed the woman with the trouble of blood. He healed, you know, just many lame, many sick, many weak. Um, He went and preached to Gentiles in the Decapolis and had the feeding of the 5,000 on the Sermon on the Mount. And it was just so beautiful and so glorious. But like in this, all these great things happening, Peter was still in so much just personal pain. And it was interesting because there was one scene where Jesus was standing with the disciples in their 
they're rejoicing over, oh my goodness, we were able to feed all these people by the power of God, like Jesus is Lord. And everyone's just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe what my eyes just saw this miracle and kind of rejoicing on one side of a field. And then you see Peter, he comes over with his leftover um, basket of fish and bread and he just tosses it down and just walks away. He's still angry with the Lord. And it was so interesting because Jesus simultaneously was rejoicing with his disciples and they're just joy and newfound glory for the Lord. But then he, in one glance, looked over to Peter and you could just see, you could feel the compassion that Jesus had for him as Peter was in all this pain. And it was really beautiful um, how it led into the story of Jesus walking on the water um, in that act of faith cinematically. Seriously, go give it a, a watch. But in that moment, that one glance in that one scene it made me realize like the complexity of God's emotions as well and like his feelings towards us and how we as image bearers of God like every good thing is from above any good inherent thing like in humanity is of God and it is a reflection of God and it's really cool that how our complexities as humans are often reflections of the intricacy and complexity of God and how like when we better understand ourselves, we better understand Christ and vice versa. Like when we better understand the goodness of God, we are able to understand like our brokenness yet our redemption through him. Like, for example, when I ask God to posture my heart like his for the broken and the hurting, honestly, TBH, I don't even remember specifically when I did that, um, but it was kind of in the midst of the sadness when I realized that. Um, but when I ask God to posture my heart like his, and in that I was able to feel the heartbreak, and I realized that that's what God feels every day. When we live in sin and brokenness every day that we, his love, his creation are running away from him, are doing things contrary to what he wants or what's best for us. And one thing that's important to note in this episode is that God's heart breaks for us and he is compassionate and loving. Like a lot of times we Think of God as this like maybe stoic or even like someone looking down upon you, like pointing a finger at you, shaking it, saying you shouldn't be doing that. Like a lot of times we feel like he may be vengeful and scorning, looking down in disgust. Does God have righteous anger? Sure. Like humanity has fallen to sin and turned our backs on him. Any anger he has is righteous. Anger itself is not a sin, but God's love is so much stronger than that, that he wants to be with us, which is why he sent Jesus. He cannot be in the presence of sin, which is why we were separated at the fall in the beginning, but he loves us so much that he sent Jesus down to be with us, to dwell with us, to take on that salvation, that, you know, die the death that we deserve in order that we may be saved and reconciled to him, which is so like, just like 
beautiful. So beautiful. Like, if he didn't like us, if he was always mad, if he was always looking at, like, yes, we always do wrong things and are broken and sinful. But, like, God has that compassion in him, like I said earlier. In one book, I don't know if y'all remember, go listen to it if you haven't listened to it, an episode with my friend Chloe. She refers the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And it's so beautiful because it's basically talking about the heart of Christ for sinners and sufferers and how Jesus deals gently with the ignorant and the wayward, how he's able to sympathize. Like in Hebrews 4.15, we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. Like Jesus knows what we're going through and God loves us so much. Like, therefore he has that compassion on us and is able to sympathize and empathize with us. And God's love I don't know how to stress this or say it more simply than the fact that like God's love is so big for us that he doesn't leave us even when we don't like him. <laughs> he doesn't leave us even when we do things against him and what he doesn't want for us. Like, for example, many of y'all can relate to having maybe a bone of contention with God of like, God, why is this happening? Why are you doing this to me? What is going on? Like, I asked for this. You're giving me that. What? Me, personally, I've had kind of like a similar thing. There's been something that I'm praying and provision for, and it feels like every opportunity for that to be provided for me is being taken away right now. And it's kind of causing that bone of contention with God. And it's funny because the other day, my friend was telling me about her friend who was being provided for. God was providing for her in the way that I was needing, wanting him to provide for me. And for just a like split glimmer of a second, y'all, I'm ashamed to say it was so fast in my heart. I was like envious for a glimmer of a second, envious and resentful. Like, why does she get that? Not me. Glimmer of a second. I had to shut it down right then and there. I said, no, we cannot be living like this. And Honestly, I had to go and I had to pray like, God, help me not to be resentful or envious. Because just in my human nature, that's what I want to feel when you're not like when you're not giving me what I need on my own timeline. But you are for someone else and just having to pray for trust. And it's it's such a weird feeling. When, like, God, the one who is making you mad, like, come on, like, I know you are the one who can do this for me. Like, why aren't you doing it? Like, he's the one making you mad, but, like, he's also the only one that you can lean on and trust who will stick with you no matter what. Like, it's weird. Like, that's a weird feeling to be like, I'm so mad at you right now, but, like, please, please, please help me. Like, it's weird, but it's natural. Like, going back to the thought on complexity, like, this pours over into our relationship with God in the different ways that we compartmentalize, like, our emotions in different areas of our life is very similar to that. And me, I still continue to pray every day for provision in this particular aspect. And like I said, things keep getting taken away. Like, it felt like on the daily. It still is on the daily. And there are times... When I slam my computer closed after reading that I won't get what I need or I'll throw a pillow in frustration. And even earlier last week, I 
Like, I was literally praying. I was like, God, I don't use bad words, but it's really hard not to cuss you out right now. Like, I won't, but I really I really want to. Like, in my human nature, I'm so mad. But the thing is, y'all, like, God can take it. God can take the complexity of our emotions of wanting to praise Him for the good things and mad at Him for the bad things. And He can take it. But not only that, He wants to be the one that you go to. He wants to be the one that you're crying out in frustration to because He's the one that feels it the most. For anything our heart breaks for, His probably breaks infinitely more. And he wants to be your reliance. He wants to be what you rely on because he is your provider and he is the one who's reliable. And all he asks is that we trust in him. That's all, that's all he asks, that we trust in him. One verse that um, kind of reminds me, this kind of reminds me of the story in Genesis 32 when Jacob wrestles with God. Um, I'll read it for y'all in verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two female servants, his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. First of all, so odd that it was just casually written like that. (laughs) Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower Jacob, he touched them at the socket of Jacob's hip, so his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with this man. Then the man said, Let go of me, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Then the man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans, and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed them there. So Jacob called the place Peniel and said, It is because I saw God face to face, yet my life was spared. Okay, so odd. The estimate was, the estimate? (laughs) The Old Testament was quite some time. But here like Jacob, many many interpretations say like it might have been an angel, might have actually been God in human form. Who knows? But it it was Jacob wrestling with God, physically wrestling with him. Like imagine how much like tug of war that we play spiritually, like in our hearts towards God. But it's like no, he straight up was like punching him, like tackling him to the ground, straight up. Yet God still spared him. <laughs> That's just one story where it made me smile. Of like, he straight up wrestled him physically. Yet we wrestle him spiritually all the time. And I think this only proves that like, God is not distant from us. Like, you can't wrestle by yourself. Like, when you wrestle, it's obviously two people. There has to be another person there. It's like, you can't be wrestling with God if he's not right there with you. Right there, answering your questions and disproving anything that you think was false. You know, dwelling, like like I said, when Jesus was crucified, the veil was torn. 
in the temple, physically torn in the temple as symbolism that now God dwells with us. Like he's the one holding our hand while we are trying to kick him. You know, like when parents are trying to like hold their screaming, crying kid in the parking lot, like so that they don't run away and get hit by a car and they're literally trying to wrestle and break free. Like God's doing that out of love for us, holding our hand. His heart is for us, us sinners. Like, though I be the one mad at him, he is the one holding me. Though I be the one screaming at him, he is the one listening. Though we be the ones to scorn him or mock him, we were there at the cross saying, crucify. He is the only one walking right next to us. And I think part of the peace that Jesus gives us when we come to him with problems is surrender. Like in surrendering your issues to God, giving them to him, saying, God, I trust you because he asks us to trust him. When we do that, like that brings about his peace that passes understanding. Like me personally, I'm at the point in my predicaments and in just the heartbreak for these things that were making me so sad. Like I'm at a point where honestly there's just this realization of there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do but pray. And just remind myself the power of that entering God's throne room and petitioning on behalf of others. There's power in prayer because miraculous things are done when we pray because it is the power of God. Like so that's what I do. Like there's nothing I can do but pray. And that sounds like a last resort. When people say it like that, that sounds like a like a Hail Mary, but but really that should be our first option, our first go-to. It is our first option, and it should be our first thing that we run to of, you know, when you have that issue, when you have that problem, when you are rejoicing in one thing, but your friend is hurting another, and you're hurting for them, and just all these overwhelming emotions and circumstances, like God is, God calls us to Go to him in all because he can handle it. Because complexity is a reflection of God and his intricacy. And like, so why don't we pray? Like, let's, because he has never failed us yet. And he won't ever. Anytime we feel like God has failed us, it's likely because we had a different expectation of what was going to happen when really he had a better plan. Like, God is. He's complex. Like he is both just and merciful. He is gentle, yet he's also our firm foundation. He's forgiving, yet he's also disciplinary. Like in one statement that's been really hard for me to digest lately. Like I've heard it all the time, but right now it's like, man, I know this is the truth. I don't really want to hear it, but it's in Job one twenty one. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And it's all in his good, perfect plan. It's all in his good, perfect timing. Yet as a child, like I'm just like, ah, why are you taking all these things away from me? I'm so frustrated. Yet I know you're so good and that you do provide. Like, help me to trust you. Help me not to be resentful. Help me not to be envious. And it's just like all these different feelings. And it's like, it's been really hard to 
be okay with the fact that the Lord has the authority to give and he has the authority to take away. I feel like selfishly as humans, we expect him to give. Like instead of prayer, we more so wish. Instead of trusting that his plan is better, sometimes we just have the bad habit of relying on ourselves and expecting that we deserve things when we as sinners and just as fallen humans do not. And anything that is good is just grace and mercy from the Lord. Like, so I just have to, like, take myself down a notch with this verse, saying, like, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, and He has the authority to do that. And that's so hard to think about, especially when you don't understand or maybe realize in the moment why on earth He would take away. But it's so beautiful because it's all it all reveals itself in time. God is omniscient. He is eternally complex and we will forever be learning more about him. And I think we will forever be wrestling, maybe not in the sense of fighting, but just like learning and trying to understand more about him every day. Every day, even when we're in heaven, like from earth to heaven, we will know so much more then, but we will still not know everything. Yeah, and all this, he is so good that he even gives us the knowledge and like the ability to learn more about him. Like he's so good that we get to delight in the simple glories of learning more about him, whether that be through enduring hardships, like in my example of just learning more about his heart because of the fact that he's placed his, I don't want to say anguish, maybe his hurting, maybe his sadness on mine, and he places his brokenheartedness on some people, like whether we learn about him through that and during those hardships or just in sweet joys of life. Like I said, God is complex. He gives us the beauty and the broken all at the same time. Like, I think that's probably my favorite way to learn more about the Lord, big or small, like a new baby. Like how beautiful that the Lord brings new life to the world just out of love and, or like a flesh, flesh, or like a fresh flower, so beautiful, or a new job and just rejoicing in provision, or even just like a harmonized melody in a song that just sounds so beautiful and just giving you a glimpse of what maybe the choirs in heaven sound like. Personally, I would like to learn about God through happy things, but His, his will be done, I guess. <laughs> God displays Himself all around us. And he's working and he's moving in our circumstances. And he invites us to know more about him. I mean, it is a gift that we even have that ability. And in turn, knowing more about God, we can know more about ourselves and how we fit into his kingdom. Whether that's individually for your purpose for his kingdom or even just the general like humanity in this world and God's reigning kingdom. For the one who's listening, for the one who needs to hear, I encourage you, present your request to God, Philippians 4, 6. Y'all, he can handle anything. Wrestle with him. I don't know if he'll break your hip. Maybe kind of risky, but I think the reward would be worth it. Wrestle with him because he can take it. 
And I just pray that you have the desire to learn his heart. That you'll be able to trust him deeper with your circumstance. And that in all that, you will be blessed with knowing more of him. For the one who's listening, Jesus loves you. God bless. y'all thanks again for listening to the for the one podcast remember to follow along on our instagram at for the one podcast underscore and go ahead and subscribe to this podcast on your listening platform feel free to leave comments as i'd love to hear what you have to say thanks again for listening peace out